Max Hall and Melbourne Football Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Penderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, it's MJ from the Coaches Panel and welcome back to another episode of the 50 Most Relevant. Did you enjoy yesterday? We spoke in depth about Hawthorne's Connor. McDonald, did you see him kick off the 50 or not? If you haven't gone and watched or listened to that episode, you need to work your way back. It's best consumed working your way through the countdown. But we're at number 49 in the 50 most relevant. Joining me for the first time in 2024. You're going to hear him plenty throughout the preseason and the season proper. It's Mini Monk. Hello, mate. How are you? Yeah, yeah. Good to be back on. It's 2024 now and we are away with the 50. We're away with the 50 and an interesting player to continue on. We'll dive deep into the details in just a moment. But Callum Mills, Mini Monk, is who we're addressing today. And I think a lot of people looking at the title of this episode going, boys, you know he's injured, right? But regardless of the fact that it's very true, he is out injured with a shoulder injury. We'll get to that in a moment. Doesn't mean he's not relevant for us in 2024. No, and, and when we're talking about players' relevance, you've always got to remember that it's not just, am I picking this player to start my team? It's, are, is this player going to be relevant in my squad at some point during the season? And what's the flow-on effects of him not playing? Like, there's all this talk about how the Sydney midfield is going to line up round one. We've got talk about players like Taylor Adams, like James Jordan, what's going to be the effect on players like Warner and Goulden. But the cog that binds that all together is Callum Mills. And the fact that he is going to be probably out for a little bit at the start of the season and the flow and effects from there. So yeah, Callum Mills is a very relevant player coming into our preseason and he will be very relevant through the 2024 season. He certainly will. Let's dive into what he did for us last year and let's unpack his relevance for us in 2024. He's currently priced at a price point of $490,300 in Supercoach, just $1,000 off $760,000 in AFL Fantasy, and just a touch over that $776,200 in Dream Team. That is because in those two formats of AF and DT, he's coming off one of his lowest seasonal averages over the past few years, 84.1, just the five tons last year for him in those formats. Yet a top score still of 155. We'll unpack that game in a moment, no doubt. That's getting real close to his career high score of just the season earlier, 162 against the Hawks. While in Supercoach, an 87.7 average, seven tons last year. A 143 was his highest score of the year. But again, that is nowhere near what he did as his career high in 2022. He's a part of the 200 club with a 214. 2023 was a pretty unfortunate and challenging year for Callum Mills and understandably for pretty much any fantasy footy coach that owned him, especially if he was in your starting squad, it really couldn't have got worse. It was a mid season calf, a juggle of roles across the season. And even then a postseason shoulder injury, man, it was a tough run. And yet still on the brink of this new season, he's relevant. He did dip in every pretty much column that we look at, from a fantasy community. It was possessions, clearances, marks, tackles, goals. His overall fantasy scoring even dripped away from being a 110 guy for the two prior seasons, right down to a mid-80s across the format. Now, we'll dive into this season now with a bit more detail. 
There's a couple of vest affected games in there. One mm. opening minutes, Duzzy's calf is out for the next month plus. So that's obviously going to impact his average for us. And then when he did return, they played the Eagles over there and Sydney had pretty much won the game at quarter time and he got subbed out at three quarter time, but he was on track for a hundred. The good news for us in this new season is while no one enjoyed it that jumped on him in that game last year, is it just keeps that price point nice and low for us. But Mini Monk, I'm keen to unpack this season. And I know you've got some look of the entire year in a moment, but for people that go, oh, Mills is washed now. He's never going to be that. I'd encourage you to look back at that final game of the year. 30 possessions, 12 tackles, eight marks, a goal, and then that 155 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, that 143 in Supercoach. Season high scores reminding us that when he's in that midfield role at Sydney, gosh, he's a very good premium option for us. And we have to remember, he's only really been playing inside midfield for the last three seasons as well. And he's still been able to pump out two seasons at that 110 marker, which is typically what we set as the marker for players moving into that uber premium type territory and he was able to push out uber premium type scores in the last two seasons before 2023 but the 2023 season it can just sum it up with one word which is just inconsistency yeah inconsistency and being able to be on the park inconsistency of role inconsistency of cbas inconsistency of scoring so all we need to see is you know is there going to be some consistency coming back into that swan's outfit and that might come before Mills even comes back into the squad over the first, you know, three, four, five, eight, ten weeks, however long it takes for him to come back. But if we start to see some consistency in roles and the way that they set up, then he just looks like an absolute steal at his price tag because he's been able to do it before. He's been able to do it in the two seasons where he's played inside midfield. He gets a season where he's forced to play a bunch of different roles, essentially through no fault of his own because mm. Players get injured down back. Players get injured outside on the wings. He has to fill in because he has the ability to be able to play almost any role on the field because of his athleticism and his size. And he's a very selfless player as well. He he likes to be able to fill the role that's required of him. But any sort of consistency back, like even 30, 40, 50% CBAs come back to him. And we know he can push that 105, 110 barrier in both AF, SC and RDT. Like it's it's there for him. There is yeah. the ability for him to become a premium again. I think that's the fascinating thing is because he's got this shoulder injury, and I do want to unpack this in a moment with you and the, the compounding opportunities this creates for not just for Callum when he does return from injury, but the other Swans midfield that's there. For me, what was fascinating about that Sydney year as well, you mentioned those injuries down back where there were games where I even remember, I think he was playing on Tom Hawkins for one game. For goodness yeah. sake, one of the greatest monster forwards for us. We've got this guy. And then the next game, he's filling this gap there. It wasn't just Callum that had this inconsistent season coming off the grand final. If anything, he was symptomatic of what Sydney was experiencing across their whole team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at their center bounce rotation and it's just a complete mishmash of the entire year. You've got players like, you know, um, you know, Papley has to come in there and feel for a little while. Sheldrick comes in in the middle of the season to be able to take some roles. Roberts comes in at the start of the season, then gets pushed straight out. You know, even their Ruckman, they couldn't find some stability. Hickey and Laddams had to rotate through there. And you look at what's changed coming into the 2024 season. They've been able to bring in Taylor Adams and Brody Grundy. You've got yeah. 
a midfielder that can push forward and you've got a stable Ruckman who knows how to score well and knows how to be consistent on the park. If anything, that provides more stability. It provides them with a core that they can start to build their midfield mix around. And if anything, that's just helpful for him. Like we talk about players being pushed out of roles and midfielders come in, but you've got to look at how they affect them in terms of how stable their role is, how stable the rotation is through the midfields, because the less stable your midfield rotation is, the more unstable your scoring will be. Yeah, and especially a player like him. And there's probably two other players that in addition to a Grundy and Adams coming into this mix, that even further just add depth, if nothing else, they might not be best 22 options, but at very least add depth with Joel Hamling now adding some insurance policies to that back line. And then a James Jordan who's come from Melbourne who I think is much more suited to an outside wing, second touch style player. So now all of a sudden, that positional roller coaster that we've seen from Callum last year, arguably that's gone. So now we can have a little more confidence that when Callum does get back, he's going to come back into what we as the fantasy community, and I think Sydney in their ideal world want, is Callum Mills back as a centre bounce midfielder. It's what we've seen over the two seasons prior. I never like going too far back um, into 2021 and 2020. It feels too far away and too many variables change. But his centre bounce attendances across those two previous seasons, uh, around about that 50%, which is exactly where you do want Callum to be able to line up, win the contested footy, and then he's around the ball even when he is on the wing at times. He's around those stoppages. He's around the ball-ups. He's linking up with the way he plays. He fills all the columns that we're looking for from a fantasy footy perspective. Is He's not just contested possession rate and bust. Is He's inside. He's outside. He does the defensive stuff with the tackles. He finds himself getting into space with uncontested marks. And then when desperately needed, supports his back line with some extra height and some versatility. And there was even moments over the past few seasons, we've seen him kick goals. So he's a little bit of a nice everything for us. But I think, Mini Monk, the reason a lot of people in the community are not talking about Callum isn't because of the role volatility, although it's an important thing that we've kind of discussed. It's the fact that he had an off-season, season-defining, maybe captaincy-ruining moment where he banged up his shoulder on the equivalent of muck up day, mad Monday Mm -hmm. and uh, very remorseful about it in September. When that happened, there was some concern that he might be out for the season, but it does seem to be at least slightly brighter news for us in the community that it might not be a season lost for Callum just yet. No, there is a lot of, um, I guess, media reporting that he will be back at some point during the 2024 season, which is really good for us coaches and really good for Callum Mills himself. But the best thing is that that gives us time. Time is such a huge thing in terms of when you're playing fantasy. Like to be able to pick and choose when you're jumping on and off of players and to be able to know when players are coming back from quite long-term injuries is a huge factor in determining, right, when am I going to upgrade to this player? When am I going to be downgrading off of this player? What are my moves going to be in three, four, five weeks' time? Because that's the type of planning that does make a huge difference between you know, being in the, say, the top 5,000 compared to the top 1,000 in these formats. And someone like Callum Mills is a player that, if you time it right, he can win a season for you. In 2022, 
when he had that monster, you know, 214 SC, 162 AF score, he had had an injury interrupted preseason. He came into the season underdone. He had low time on ground for a few weeks and then it bumped up and then it spiked. What can we expect if Callum Mills come back in 2024? Potentially something very similar. And he's probably going to have a point to prove as well. I mean, no player ever wants to get injured, but to get injured in an off-field, off-training, Mad Monday muck-up sort of situation, mm. when you're one of the senior players in your club and you're one of the best players in the club, you're going to come back and you're going to want to prove a point. So if we see him coming back at, say, round eight, round nine, round 10, then you think you should be thinking, you should be writing down in your notebooks as you're going along the season saying, in three or four weeks' time, I want to be jumping onto Kellen Mills because he's going to be at his bottom price. He's going to be, we're going to have time to see what his role is, what his time on ground is, how they settle him back in. And there is the opportunity to be able to grab a guy that can go 110 to 120 at a price tag that is far lower than that. The perfect spot, if if you could cast the net of where you would go, this is where I want to see Callum Mills play. You'd love his in-season debut to be round 10. Play the Blues, play the Bulldogs, then Sydney have their round 12 bye. Round 13, there's only a couple of teams off the bye there, but then you get a good almost three months of football with Callum Mills. For dream teamers and super coaches, you then get a couple of games where the price isn't moving. You get to look and see how does this Sydney midfield structure up? How does he score? How is he handling his shoulder? Is he favoring it? Has he got confidence in his body? Well, for AFL fantasy, even if he goes 120 over those first two games, which while possible is probably very unprobable likelihood low, mm. um, he's going to move, what, sixty dollars to $80,000 and still be priced at a 90 probably for you at that point in time. So to me, that's the sweet spot of why yeah. we're talking about Callum Mills. And Minimonk, you've been really successful over a number of seasons now across all formats of the game. I'm keen to get your take on, on this thought. It's fascinating to me that when we either go through the 50 most relevant or we look at the months of January and February and that little bit of March before the season opens up, we spend months and months and months of time focusing on what our initial squad of 30 looks like. But there's not that many coaches in the community that look at a player like Mills and go, I'm going to landmark something for in the first third, in the first half of the season. Because as you've already alluded to, someone like Callum could be a season-defining pick. So how important is it to start looking at players and variables like a Mills for in-season moves and not just focusing everything on our first 30 players that we pick? If the game was decided based on your round one teams, then the players that ended up winning round one would not be the players that are at the end, at the top in say round 23 or round 24. Like it's a trading game for a reason. You're trying to build value in your team. You're trying to maximize your scoring output and you're trying to get to a full premium team. And the way that you get to a full premium team, the fastest is to find the players that present value to you that can exceed that. And that doesn't just come on your starting squad. That comes in when you're trading in players. So someone like Kevin Mills, he comes in at you know 88 in Supercoach, low 80s in AF in terms of his price. And he has the potential to do 110. He's going to come into... I guess best 22 calculations for Sydney around the middle of the season, if all goes well for him, that's when you're going to have the most amount of money. You're going to be right in the middle of your upgrade cadence. You're going to be looking for players that are coming off of that round 12 buys 
to be able to upgrade as to your top eight, maybe your top nine midfielders if you're wanting to go for an extra premium at that sort of stage. So yeah, he has to be in your consideration. And if you aren't considering players like him or other players that have been injured and might miss a period of the preseason, then you're missing a trick because these players define your year. We only have to look back to last year and see Tom Stewart gets injured in round one, gets cheap in price because of it. And any coach that was worth their measure was waiting, right, when is the right time to jump on him? We look at it when it happens during the season. Why not consider the same when it happens in the preseason as well? Because it's the exact same argument. It's just falling out of people's minds. Yeah, it's a really good shout. Now, the only reason you're not going to consider Callum Mills is if once like clubs are on summer break at the moment at time of this yeah. podcast and video getting released. So nothing new is going to come out from the clubs, probably for at least another seven days from time of this being released. So barring the club coming out and saying in the preseason, look, the shoulder surgery didn't go as planned. The recovery's not gone as planned. We're going to fade him for the year. Okay, well, in that case, Mills is still relevant, not because of him, yeah. but because of the offshoots this done. Now it's the, what does this mean for a Taylor Adams? And how mm. much is he and Parker role sharing? What does this mean for an Errol Goulden? And how much of him being inside and outside? What does this mean for a James Rowbottom who in drafts 12 months ago was trajecting nicely, let alone a Chad Warner who had injuries last year, but was well on the cusp of heading to breakout territory. So Mills is relevant if he is out for the year because of what the compounding variables are. But if he's playing and is back mid-season, as you've already alluded to, he's highly relevant for us this year. I mean, you even talked about those players in the early season. Like if, if he's missing the entire season, all of those players are relevant, as are potentially midfield rookies for the Swans. Like we could see some players that are very cheap get quite good roles and be able to you know, quite make quite a fair bit of cash early on, but it also signals a jump off point for some players as well. Like if you're worried that Taylor Adams is going to be getting a good role while Mills is out of the squad and that when Mills comes back in, Adams might not have that role, then you need to be monitoring that closely because if you, if the club says Mills is two weeks away, you need to be signaling your brain and thinking, I probably need to trade Adams in two weeks times. Or yeah, let's what's say my parachute Luke, here? Yeah, exactly. Or like if Luke Parker gets pushed out of the midfield and, potentially gets forward status as well. It's like, right, when's the right time to buy him? How long can I hold him for? These are the other things, like the whole interplay with one player out. It's not just one player out, one player in. It's one player out. A lot of roles can change. A lot of players scoring potential can change. And you just need to be able to see how the pieces lay together and do a bit of intuition on yourself because I, I guess it's a guess. Like no one knows exactly how meals out is going to affect that midfield mix, but if, it, if you are worried about it, then that's just a flag that you need to put inside of your head because that can be the difference between, you know, getting off of a player at the right time and being two to three weeks late to jump off the right player. Yeah, it's a really good shout. Those rookies that Mini Monk was alluding to, probably Matt Roberts, who we've seen before, but is priced at that, and Cleary, who they picked up during the most recent AFL draft. They're probably the two that it's very, very early days that are in that lower price range that might benefit from that maneuvers so is Callum Mills relevant oh you bet he is he's inside the top 50 but what does it mean on draft day this time 12 months ago he was looking like a late first round pick in a lot of drafts across the formats and if not we were looking at him on the turn in that early second round and feeling really really safe about what he was able to do for us and by the way 
his average pre-injury was still pretty solid. It wasn't the 110s, but it's in that 90s range, high 90s range across, depending on the format that you play. So don't be too like freaked out. You're still getting 10 points of value on him there. I suppose the big variable on draft day, and I'll get your take in a sec, Mini Monk, is it's always how many teams, what are the rules you have of your bench sizes, and probably the ultimate variable that determines just where he goes is when your draft actually happens. That probably decides whether or not he still finds a way to get picked inside the first 30 midfielders, which he's definitely got the potential to be right within, or if he's a real late round flyer, that's probably the big determining factor, isn't it? It's just how much information you can garner from the club. Like they're, they're going to be pretty secretive with it. They're going to try and hold their cards close to their chest for as long as they can. But eventually as we get closer and closer towards the start date for the year, they'll need to start saying, look, we think he's six weeks away, eight weeks away, 10 weeks away. And that's going to judge your decision-making for him. And as you say, he's someone who could be in the top 30 midfielders. I mean, on his day, he's in the top 10 midfielders in the competition. But the question is, how many of those on his days are you going to get between when you start and when the season finishes for your draft? And and that really makes it hard for him to be going anywhere in, say, the first 30 or 40 midfielders, even probably in the first 50 midfielders, because you're going to need to stash him on your bench for, let's say, six to eight weeks to be very generous to him and say that he's coming back early. And to me, that means that he's probably the type of player that you're looking to take in maybe the ninth or 10th round at the earliest. And that's if you think that he's going to come back a bit early and you're very bullish on his output for the 2024 season. Yeah, it's fair enough too. Hey, Minimug, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you back on this podcast episode. We're going to get to know you. For those that are just new to the coaches panel, we're going to get to see and hear you a lot over the months of January and February. It's a pleasure to do another preseason with you, mate. It's a pleasure to be back on for another countdown of the 50. Yeah, the coaches panel well and truly kicking off the 50 most relevant for you in 2024 in literally under 60 seconds. Got a little clue for you who's at number 48. But if you are loving this podcast, whether you're watching it via YouTube or listening to the audio podcast, wherever you get your podcasts from, make sure you've subscribed so you get instantaneous notifications. Make sure you've followed across all of those formats so that as soon as an episode of the 50 is released, you can jump straight onto your phone and be able to watch it straight away. You can join the conversations that are happening right throughout the day and throughout the evening on every single one of the players we re- of announce on the 50 most relevant you can follow us across instagram x and facebook you can join the conversation with the community there and speaking of the community you become a part of our patreon supporter group for just a few dollars a month you get access to some hidden groups you get access to a bunch of other different rewards podcasts videos access to different members of the panel whether it be a mini monk a rids a cane the works that all you can get involved in and some bonus additional content And for our breakout and premium tiers, you actually get this episode a full day early. So if you love to be ahead of the pack and want to know what's going on and support the coaches panel, you can become part of our Patreon supporter group. All the links for not just our Patreon, but where you can find this podcast and social medias are in the description of this video. So who's at number 48? So we went Connor McDonald at 50. Callum Mills has a little bit of value in the midfield feel like should we stay in the value lane let's give you some hints he's just a couple of years removed 
from having his career high season. He's got multiple super coach seasons where he's averaged a hundred plus. He's cracked that seasonal average before in AFL fantasy and has got not just some nineties, but some super high value. But there's a reason why he's not value. He's crazy value in some of the formats and in a team that has plenty of people questioning, what are they going to do? I feel like this guy could be the solution, not just for his team, but also for us in the fantasy community. Who is he? You'll find out tomorrow in the 50 Most Relevant. Yeah,